Currently 48 degrees in Danville, 51 in Salem and Roanoke, 51 in uh, Danville and in Appomattox. And we have uh, 50 in Lynchburg. All right, so I'm confused with that story. Um, Why are they walking out? I don't know. I, 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 mean, I mean, there's tons of stories. I chose not to dive into any of them today. I got enough transgender stuff going on. So, okay. I'm I'm just I'm just curious. Are they walking out because I think they want walking, the bathrooms, or are they walking out because well, they be, don't want the bath? All right. They don't like Yunkin's policies so, that he's trying to implement. All right. Well, hold hold That's on. That's one here. of the let's, things. All right. Let's see here. Um, it's very hard to 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 keep up. Uh, it, it changes from one day to it's the next. It's fluid, like the transgender <laughs> minions out there that are changing. Oh, I okay. Okay. Uh, to to Yunkin's transgender policy changes. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll be curious to see how many students actually do this. Well, I think a bunch of them will do it just to be to get out of class. Just to get out of class. Yep. Yeah, maybe. Yep, I think um, so. I would. Heck, I just I don't want to be in class. Ranger, oh. you think that's his real name? I don't. Said uh, Yunkin's plan policies terrify him. Right. And uh, he's been out as transgender at school for a while, but only recently to his parents. Right. Because it's a fact. If these policies have been enforced, I would have been forcibly outed to my parents. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, huh? These kids are so messed up. Well, here's the thing, Janet. This is this is and he says it's not a parents rights issue it's an intentional means of harming trans students. Mhm. Sure. I want to go to my calculus class. I don't want to be fighting for my rights. Yeah. Go okay. to your calculus class and learn something then. And shut up. Jeez. Oh my word. Here's the thing. ACLU of Virginia planning to walk out of class this week. Know your rights. Wikipedia I could put the Titanic up there. I could go change the information right now in the Titanic on Wikipedia. Because anybody can change Wikipedia stuff. Here's the thing about transgender. It is growing. It's getting crazy. And you can't keep up. Buckle up, everybody. It's time to talk about my pronouns. I use the pronoun set ni nem near. <laughs> ni nem near. Um, me nem near. And it's a gender neutral pronoun set. Me nem near. The neo pronoun. The word neo pronoun makes it sound like it's not been around for very long. My specific pronouns sound like have been around for over a hundred years. Neo um, pronouns are not that new of a thing. We just came just up with it. new words that fit us no, better. Just a little it's more. Fine. An example of how to use them would be the sentence: "Ni went to the market with near friends who love them." Ni went to the market with near friends who love them. So that is "nem" over there. Uh, this is near room. Uh, she can't really, even do it. Oh, she can't do she, it because it's so ridiculous. Even, she can't even keep up with it. And, and this is and this is just one of many. Parents, grandparents, make sure that you have this conversation with your kids. You've got to. They're going to get peer pressure to participate in this nonsense. And what I find so fascinating is Loudoun County is in that area where they had the sexual assaults happen in the bathroom. Right. Um, and then they move into another school and he sexually assaults somebody else. Right. And it, it this is going to... It, it it is pure falling off the edge craziness yeah so yeah. is the whole racism thing they get they got to keep racism abortion pronouns all this crap alive and well so they can get their base out 
for November's election? Well, it seems to be um, there is a tour going on now, uh, going around to to young people, uh, lots of colleges. It's called Educate, Don't Mandate mm-hmm. Tour. Mm-hmm. And um, Charlie Kirk is is on this tour. And um, you call him the calmer Ben Shapiro. Yes, he is. the. But he's, boy, is he spot on. Thank God for these guys. He is. And ladies out there like Candace Owen. And, and, and they are able to have some conversations mm-hmm. with these young people who are, it always fascinates me to have these arrogant young white people stand up and they want to educate people about On racism. About racism. Yeah. Uh, so here's a little a clip from that tour that was sent to us by a listener. Hi, y'all. So before I ask my question, I want to clarify a point that y'all mentioned earlier. You said you don't believe in white privilege, correct? Yeah, it's, it's a myth. It doesn't exist. Okay. So according to the Bureau of Prison Statistics um, from last month, 38.3% of our current inmate population is black. But according to the 2020 census data, only 12.2% of our national population is black. So if you don't believe in white privilege, how do you explain this disparity? So why are they in jail? It has been this way for years, um, since the 90s. No, no, wh- wh- why, do, why do people go to jail? Why are black people in jail at higher rates than white people? That's the question, right? Maybe because yes. they commit more crimes than white people. But that's not true. It actually is. They do. So it, every independent analysis shows that blacks have committed a disproportionate amount of crime. No one wants to say it out loud, but it's true. In fact, in New York, 52% of murders are committed by blacks, 40-plus percent of arson, 60-plus percent of drug deals. And so the question you should really be asking is what drives them to commit crimes? That's the question, right? The real question is, and maybe I can ask you, what percentage of blacks are raised with two parents in the home? So actually, according to the Uniform Crime Report for 2019, black or African-American individuals committed only about one million crimes, while white people committed about four million crimes. Yeah, but that's proportion. How about the proportion? There's a lot more white people than black people in the United States. It's a 60% white country and a 14% black country. So you just proved my point. You literally, so so basically, that's a disproportionate amount of crime. It is. But listen, I want to say, look, you are coming up here and you're asking a question, and that's not easy to do, first and foremost, no matter what. And I really appreciate your question in front of all these people. It's hard. So thank you for asking your question. But let me point out what what you just did, and you didn't know that you did it. You switched from proportion to raw numbers. And you did that to make a point that you thought you were making, but you weren't. But look, your issue was that black Americans only make up 13% of the population, and yet they make up, I think you said, like 38% of the prison population. And then you, yes, you switched to raw numbers because... So black people only make up 13% of the population, but they commit 40% of all homicides and 60% of all violent crime. Unfortunately, I don't think that's anything inherent in black Americans. That's not what I'm saying. That's just the fact. And what Charlie is saying is, look, we've got to look at why that is. So you're claiming that that disparity is inherent proof of discrimination. So would you also say the fact that there are fewer Asians in jail means that then white people, that there is discrimination against white people? No, disparity isn't proof of discrimination is what I'm trying to say. Wow. And and she goes on to say that the wealthiest Mm -hmm. people in America by race, the wealthiest, the most educated, the ones with the most stable families 
are the Asians. Asians, yep. I mean, that's that is not an accident, folks. Mm-hmm. That is not that that is not just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. If you think that you know the attack on the nuclear family is an accident, you're wrong. If you think the fact that people who have a strong nuclear family have more stable relationships, have children that do better, are more educated, make more money, are more successful, and you think that that isn't correlated, you're you're just wrong. Right. I yeah. mean, it, it's just not true. Um, bless her mm. heart. She she kind of got caught. She did. Caught in a trap there. 866-916-3776. You're on the morning jam. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, uh, I love Charlie Kirk and uh, Candace. Both of them are awesome, you know, but uh, I just I just wanted to say the uh, transgender thing, WSET the other day put that thing on there about Saturday Night Live having a, uh, a transgender on a show, and, and then apparently these Young people that work at WSET don't know that Pat existed about 20 years ago on SNL. So it, it's weird that these people don't realize that all of this, <clears throat> this is nothing new. I mean, back in the day, of course, Prince come out on a midnight special wearing pan, women's panties and playing the guitar. David Bowie come out and was basically dressed up like a woman. Uh Go back and look at 1986 with Poison. Go look at Brett Michaels. Um, you know, so this is nothing new. They're just, uh, it just seems to be a, like a trend or something. Or like Mark said, it's kind of a, you know, they're it's, trying to be re- a rebel. Right. But if you want to be a rebel, if you want to be a rebel now, be like me and like the Constitution, like the Bible. And, uh, you know. That I'm I'm the rebel now. It's weird. I've turned into a rebel. You <laughs> That's know? Exactly well, you just you, the, the bottom line yeah. is we have to teach our children to be true to themselves. I mean, if you want to be a rebel like everybody else, um, you know, or cool like everybody else, it's it's really important to to teach them to go their own way. And it's hard. It's a hard thing to teach. It's a hard thing yeah. to model. You're on the morning jam. Good morning. Hey, good morning. It's John here. Uh, hey, John. Janet, Janet, they're going to come pick you up because <laughs> there's 54 percent of the of the of the population is female, and there's not enough in prison. So we're going to have to call it the, we're going to have to call it the Mark Show, judging by that young lady's uh, perception, her reasoning. You're just gonna, yes, yes, exactly. So I just wanted to point that out. 54 percent. I don't know what the population of women is, but. For some reason, you're, you're underrepresented. I think it's a discrimination on men. No, it, it probably is. It probably is. You'll you'll have the Mark show soon, probably. <laughs> They're just waiting for but a I, reason. I will miss you. We'll I'll miss, miss you, you too. Okay, you guys have a great day. <laughs> Thanks, John. Oh, we uh, need some more. They've wh- been trying to get me for years. <laughs> I'm not going down like this. <laughs> She's going to fight to the very last minute, like Tina Turner did. Yeah, that's right. Here we go. 717. Turn on the morning.
Morning Jam with Janet and Mark, 6 to 9 a.m. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Well, I don't know about almost heaven, but uh, Mansion is, well, you should have followed that up with burning down the house. Uh, he is having some, some issues. He is burning bridges on both sides of the aisles at this point. Um, he did an interview on Fox News yesterday mm-hmm. and said that he was really surprised that the GOP is whipping against his energy permitting bill which is to be included in the continuing resolution to avert a government shutdown. Now, this, of course, has to do with the, you know, selling his soul to the devil (laughs) there. Um, Manchin, one of the few Democrats supportive of and all of the above approach to U.S. energy production, is now trying to link the GOP with uh, socialist bernie sanders Mm -hmm. uh he said he never expected to get bernie on board right but he didn't expect his neighboring state's uh senior senator to be against it he of course talking about uh tim kane Mm -hmm. which we're not surprised at all that tim kane nope 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 uh went went about that uh in that way uh mitch mcconnell of kentucky is opposed to the bill um so He's he's having. I just don't think it's going to happen. So and now he's trying to you know shame them into it by linking them to Bernie. But right, I mean they're just now. Uh, do you think there's another reason for this? Do you think this is just punishment because of the the whole oh cutting you know, the deal with the president to get the yeah the what did they call it the oh the inflation, inflation act whatever that when that's, inflation. and that's done now right yeah well it's yeah it's been signed. Right. We'll start seeing the repercussions because it's a green bill. It's the green bill. Let's call it what it is. So I'm not really sure why. I mean, if somebody can understand this better than I can, help me understand why they're against this. This seems like this would be one of the few good things mm-hmm. that that would come out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim Kaine, I know why Tim Kaine's doing it because he's Tim Kaine. Right. Um, but some of these others, I, I really don't get it. Well, here's here's some of his um, interview that happened over the weekend. Well, of course, you would get significant benefits to the Mountain Valley Pipeline, very important from West Virginia uh, to the southeast. But they say this, it creates new regulatory risks for fossil fuels, which is the opposite of what he promised. Mr. Manchin had political leverage, but the bill shows he traded his vote on the cheap. Did you, Senator? Absolutely not. Uh, the article's not accurate, and we have a reply. The reply will be going back in tomorrow. And it'll go in tomorrow to Wall Street Journal, so you'll be able to see the reply. Uh, and basically answering every one of the things which they basically have evaluated uh, wrongly. But this is a chance in a lifetime for us to have energy independence, Shannon, for us to have security in this nation, which we need, and making sure that we can take care of the American people with lower energy prices, producing more oil, producing more gas. But we have to have permitting reform if you're going to deliver it. So it, it, that all sounds good, but, you know, 
it's almost contradictory to ask for the pipeline, but yet sign the Inflation Act, which was the Green the Act. The Green Act. It, it, none I mean, of it, it makes just, sense. It doesn't jive. And I'm not surprised that it's falling apart. Well, I mean, uh, this would have connected West Virginia shale lands mm-hmm. with uh, Pennsylvania County in Virginia, yeah. for sure. Um, Kane says... He opposes Manchin's bill because it could possibly interfere with possibly interfere with Virginia federal court challenges and settlements regarding environmental violations, among other rulings that has left the pipeline unfinished in Parisburg and the Christianburg area. So let the courts work it out. Right. Let the courts work it out because it's the courts where it's all going to be held up while we're running around with candles for lights. Well, forget about lights. We got wintertime coming. Oh, I know. I know, I know. But I'm talking about long I mean, term. We're, we're just throwing ourselves back to the Stone Age. They're saying that, uh, you know, this, this winter is going to be... Tough. Re- it's going to be yeah. cold and w- it could get really crazy. People will have to make choices on whether to fill up their propane tank or their oil tank or be able to run their heat versus the food that they're spending enormous amounts of money on because of the increases it's it's going to be a tough winter well the um the nea da the mm-hmm. national energy assistance directors association uh, earlier this month projected that the average cost to heat a home mm-hmm. would increase by 17.2 percent since last winter uh heating oil costs will jump an estimated 54 percent Wow. Natural gas may increase 24%. Mm-hmm. Overall, the total cost of home heating, including natural gas, electricity, heating oil, and propane, is estimated to jump from $127.9 billion to $149.9 billion this year. And that's going to squeeze already tight budgets, mm-hmm. they say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I think it's gonna might be a long winter a long cold winter a long cold winter yeah, yeah. for sure i mean i've never been so happy to have a, a, wood, a wood stove, stove in my right. life well and you know we always see these increases it tends to to mm-hmm. go up it seems but we've got so many other things playing in to the to this scenario i mean i was trying to talk to the wife yesterday a little bit about some stuff i mean uh with with we had the story about putin yesterday He's kind of put retreating, himself retreating yeah. into a whatever plush little resort or whatever. I'm sure it's not downwind from any nuclear attacks that could come his way. But I mean, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and I don't want to be, you know, worst case scenario. But worst case scenario, I said, you're going to go up and be vaporized a millisecond before I will, because he lives in Rustburg and he's closer to Mount Athos and Areva, where they do things. We don't even know what well, all they do, but n- nuclear subs. But yeah, I mean, that would be a strategic hit, and we'll be vaporized before we realize what happened if it if it went totally whack. Yeah, and there's oh. some people out there talking about the totally whack scenario. I don't care to talk about it or dwell on it because I don't know enough about it. But there are professionals that play these war games. Well, what we do know is we do know that that energy is going to increase. We also know that the Nord Stream gas pipeline system endured an unprecedented damage to three mm-hmm. offshore lines 
in the bed of the Baltic Sea in one day. Oh, from Russia? And yeah. that that destruction uh, occurred on the same day simultaneously on three strings of offshore gas pipelines. Hmm. And that's unprecedented. Yeah, and that... And, that... and it's impossible to estimate uh, when the gas network's systems... Can be restored? Yep. Yep. And we're heading into winter. Yep. Yeah, go to Australia because they're heading into their spring and summer. Russia attributes the problem to faulty equipment at a key compressor station and Western sanctions over its war. What does that have to do with it? Oh, you've got so much oil, it's straining the... Well, it's just... It's, <laughs> oh, we've just got so much, we're just It's just, just gonna... like Crimea is theirs and, you know... Uh, how the war has to be done because their neighbor is going to join NATO, which is a huge threat, apparently, to Vladimir Putin. So, anyway. Well, we've got uh, WDBJ7 on the way here very shortly. We're going to take a look at the headlines as, uh, as only they can give them to us. And we'll take a look at your forecast coming up here in just a little bit, where we will uh, check out your forecast to see what kind of rain is coming into the area. And we'll have some other stories here locally on the Morning Jam. Fifty-two degrees in Lynchburg, forty-eight in Bedford, fifty-two in Roanoke and Salem, forty-eight in Danville, forty-nine in Appomattox. Well, we talked about it, and it's all over the news. Hurricane Ian is expected to make landfall in the heart of Florida and Georgia, Alabama, parts of South Carolina, middle late part of this week. Um, looking at possible uh, really big problems in Tampa. That's where it looks like it's headed. Going to hit uh, Wednesday night, going into Thursday. I'm going to try to talk to my brother Jim DeMar and get his perspective of what's going on there just north of Tampa, Newport Ritchie, Florida. Uh, they're going to send, uh, looks like they're sending these trucks down there, these bucket trucks, so they can repair. I have about 16 bucket trucks uh, that are going uh, uh, from Roanoke, and then there's some from Maine and other uh, low, you know, tri-state areas. This is um, it's a big deal. You know, they need to get down there and be safe. So pray for those line workers because it is a dangerous job. Uh, they're dealing with some pretty uh, traumatic situations. We don't know what that is yet, but if this thing comes in, even at a three, category three, it's going to be devastating. Well, Gleaning for the World is collecting donations for hurricane victims outside of Sam's Club on Wards Road in Lynchburg. Volunteers will be set up uh, today through uh, tomorrow from 10 until 6. They'll be accepting items and monetary donations. Uh, some of the things they're looking for, cleaning supplies, trash bags, baby and pet products, water, uh, hygiene items are just a few of the things that they're looking for. Again, that's going to be at the Sam's Club on Wards Road in Lynchburg. And they'll be there uh, again today starting at 10 o'clock through 6 o'clock. It is 736. Janet, put the put the call out there. If you know or understand anything about this whole mansion deal, call us. And Dr. Harb has, and he has a little bit of insight for us on some of the devil in the details of uh, what's going on. Good morning, Dr. Harb. 
Hey, Mark and Janet. So, uh, so basically, you know, Manchin signs this huge uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which, you know, says, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna reflect, we're gonna reduce inflation, but we're gonna spend eight hundred billion doing that, doing that, which is complete oxymoron. <laughs> and then, for him to do that, he gets promised by Pelosi and Schumer that they're gonna go ahead and submit and, and uh, pass a permitting permitting bill, which uh, unfortunately. The, if the permitting bill gets passed, in that bill you have a situation where the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission is going to be able to have total control of all the transmission lines, the energy transmission lines in the country, so that if they want to, they can really, you know, they can really uh, penalize any states that don't meet their carbon emission standards, mm-hmm. and they can, uh, you know, and they can help out states that do, you know, uh, you know, get their carbon emission standards. Well, this is the so really little- that little bit of irony isn't uh isn't putin doing that to europe that's what a tyrant Absolutely. does that's what a tyrant exactly. does yeah so that sounds so about right stupid, so you know so enter so so mansion falls for this deal and um this energy permitting plan is ridiculous because then it, it it's going to enable the feds to control all the all the energy transmission and distribution in the u.s based on their liberal policies of co2 emissions mm-hmm. so you know I don't. I mean, I wouldn't want this passed. Certainly, it's not good for the country. You should allow the. You know, what really needs to happen is that the state should have more say over the transmission of energy, and sure. not the feds, of course. Mm-hmm. So that's the. So that's the devil. That's the devil in the details of this bill. Okay. So Manchin, Manchin was stupid to sign this thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I think, and I think we, the, the states and everybody else, would be stupid to allow it to pass as far as the permitting bill. Oh, Lord. Well, thank you for that clarification. Uh, we, we do appreciate it because you're wondering why Republicans wouldn't, and this is yeah, why and, Republicans and, won't. And we never get no, the real story. We never get the full story. Right. You always got to dig right. and dig and dig and dig. Right, exactly. But but um, look at that Wall Street Journal article. It's the Wall Street Journal article today. It says Manchin's poison pill. And that's the poison, and that's the poison in the pill, which would allow the Fed to take over energy transmission, which you don't want it. You don't want that to happen no. for sure. No, we're we're trying to get the federal government out of yes. their claws we out of some of this stuff. We don't want them growing even bigger. Right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call, as always. Yeah, that's good that's stuff. That's literally the last thing mm-hmm. uh, that you want. Right. So there is that. <laughs> it's just exhausting. It some is. Some days. It is. Some well, because more than know, others, the the media plays right into it too. They don't. Well, and and we we also say uh, we get frustrated because things that we've talked about for months seem to never get into the mainstream mm-hmm. news. Nobody's talking about it. But I'd be uh, darn if the transgender stuff's not at the top of the news. Well, I went and looked because you know they they started there because schools usually start. You know, seven o'clock hour. Right. Uh, Look like in Culpeper, they had about twenty-five people or something. Today's the walkout around day. the flagpole. A hundred, a hundred participating schools statewide. Yeah. Well, if they all respond like Culpeper, it's it's going to be a little bit of a lead a, balloon. Yeah. But well, uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, so we we were talking about things we've talked about for months that mm-hmm. never seem to to get any traction. Finally. Republicans sounding alarm over Chinese government-linked farmland purchase near North Dakota mm. Air Base. We've been talking about this for what seems like forever. Finally, 51 Republican lawmakers wake up 
And uh, they sent a letter to three of President Biden's cabinet secretaries warning that national security is threatened by a Chinese Communist Party-linked company's efforts to buy farmland near an Air Force base in North Dakota. Representative Carlos Gimenez of Florida led the letter with 50 of his colleagues to Secretaries Lloyd Austin, Janet Yellen, and Tom Vislak about the land acquisitions near North Dakota's Grand Forks Air Force Base by a Chinese manufacturer. The letter will be sent to three secretaries and warns of the alarming development for U.S. national security. Mm Mm-hmm. According to the United States-China Economic and Security Review Commission, the Grand Forks Air Force Base has exceptional intelligence, surveillance, and recognizances of, of capabilities, making the recently purchased land the ideal location to closely monitor and intercept military activity. So it has, it's, it's been purchased, they mm-hmm. said, efforts to buy, but it's already bought at this point. Mm. Uh, they warned that they'll have potential advantageous opportunities to prepare perpetuate espionage including actions and activities carried out under commercial cover um, eliminating this risk requires an aggressive plan to prevent and punish malicious land use that threatens u.s interests well it's too late now they've already bought the dang land mm-hmm. they also say they're concerned about the precedent this land purchase will set yeah, yeah absolutely it's near a military base they also say the acquisitions of this magnitude pose a threat to, hello, America's food security, <laughs> not just national security. Right. Food security is national security. It is. Absolutely it is. Food, water. Yeah. Energy. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely clueless. Yeah. I can't believe they're just now talking about this. Mm-hmm. They paid $2.3 million to purchase the 300 acres of land just 12 miles away. From the Grand Forks Air Force Base. Right. <coughs> and whoever sold them that land mm-hmm. should also be taken to task. Right. But I, I don't know how it was. And if memory serves, there were people trying to fight this all along. Mm-hmm. And then they wait until after it's a done deal and the horse is out of the barn. Right. To write a letter. Oh, okay. Good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Pretty frustrating. Right. <clears throat> so my brother's texting me saying we're packing right now we're going to jesse's later today jesse's his son he's further inland i knew that because i follow him on social media oh he's already put it on there mm-hmm. well i'm just getting a text from him my favorite was he was uh doing his uh weather forecast yesterday uh, with the with the storm stream and he was using spaghetti <laughs> oh was that my brother yeah that did the spaghetti thing yeah he's the one that posted it yesterday oh my gosh wow <laughs> it was a a hot mess well they call it a spaghetti tracking thing because it does look like spaghetti but he literally took spaghetti noodles with spaghetti sauce and put it over the map of florida right that's pretty crazy what it looks like <laughs> uh we also got a, a text from someone that said when the chinese bought smithfield out they got all the land and the farms that go with smithfield that's right hmm. yeah i mean it's happened in virginia wow for sure Oh, and uh, Dale also said I should be put in prison for discrimination against white chocolate. It sounds like a hate oh, crime. Oh, wow, wow. Rude. Wow. I don't like hot, white chocolate, and I'm, I'm, and I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> what do you think about that? 
Hey, in a little bit, we're going to be talking about uh, an anesthesiologist in Dallas. What a crazy story that is. Right. He's being called a medical terrorist, and I don't know that that's too far off. Okay. All right. And we'll take your calls at 866-916-3776. It is the morning jam. We're so glad that you're with us. By the way, it's come to the table Tuesday. You can still enter in by texting us, 434-248-0704, or email us, yourmorningjam at gmail.com. We just need your name and your email. Put in there somewhere. Come to the table Tuesday. You and nine others could enjoy a meal. Thanks to the folks at Honey Baked Ham and Harvest Baptist Church, where they remind us, it is time to be kind. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. 749. You saw Casey in the sunshine over the summer. I did. Still doing it well, eh? I did, yeah. And, and he was really fantastic. I will say, though, there's a new... Uh, miniseries out called Dahmer Monster. Yeah, yeah, I heard that it's... Incredibly disturbing. Yes, that's what it I've heard. positively ruined Please Don't Go by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Oh, it's in there? It's played during every act of deviant behavior. I will never be able to hear the song again. Well, I've heard that <laughs> most people start watching that and they don't want to watch any more of it. A bunch of people are going, nope. Can't nope, do it. Can't do it. It's it's rough now. It is tough. It makes you understand why he was like he was, but... Mm. <laughs> You're on the Morning Jam. Good morning. Good morning there. Well, it seems like TV's worthless, so that's why I don't watch it anymore. But mm. anyways, uh, I was looking on the Weather Channel this morning and I found it interesting... Uh, Tampa Bay General Hospital, they're actually being proactive. They have erected a what they call a aqua fence. Hmm. It's about 8 to 10 feet high. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to guess it's probably made out of either three-quarter inch or one-inch plywood. Right. And the, the, where it gets its strength is from the weight of the water because what they have going straight up, they also have it going out flat on the surface. So it creates, it looks like a 90-degree like a, like a angle. So that's how it's holding it down, or actually holding it up. And then they have supporting cables, uh, uh, low and high, and they have it around the entire perimeter of the hospital. And they were also saying that, you know, all hospitals, since I call on them, they have these gigantic, gigantic caterpillar generators to where they could they can run uh, a hospital. They, they create their own electricity, and it's, it's either run on... Uh, propane or number two diesel fuel and they've got them built up 35 feet high which is which, wow. is, which is really you know very good proactive where they got those up there uh where where the storm surge is, is mm-hmm. probably not going to hit unless the flood comes back but uh well i'm looking at I your just, i'm looking at this aqua fence and it's designed where the cabling is on the water side and it pulls the cables mm-hmm. tighter mm-hmm. as the pressure of the water mm-hmm. 
Plus, they've built right. it around this walkway, which has steel beams, which will actually give it some additional support. So it's a great it's a great idea. I hope it works. Uh, a lot of people yep. don't know, yep. Kevin, that St. Petersburg is is got a super super big population in the Tampa Bay area, and that will right. that will just go underwater in a heartbeat if the storm surges Mm-mm. are what they are or predict to be. Um, it could, yeah, it could be, you know, this is the one that you always talk about the one in the Tampa Bay area because of the way the design of the Tampa Bay is and how that mm-hmm. integrates, integrates Tampa and St. Pete. Um, that could be devastating. And there's a lot of seniors, obviously we jokingly used to call St. Pete wrinkle city because when mm-hmm. I grew up, when I was growing up in Newport Ritchie, it was little wrinkle city cause we had so many, you know, older folks coming down to, to retire and Florida has right. a lot of a new population that has never experienced because everybody's fleeing to Florida because it's a friendly state tax-wise and otherwise, and they haven't been through right. this yet. Um, and we're hoping that it that it just fizzles and all this preparation was just a good test run. Um, so that's right. that's our hope. But uh, you're right. That is. Right. Thank you for bringing right. that to our attention. That is quite amazing. I'm going to put this article yep. um, up on our Facebook page so you can see it. Never heard of an aqua yeah, the fence other- before. Right. All right. Well, the other thing, too, is that the last major hurricane to slap the Tampa Bay area was 1920, 1921. Mm-hmm. And at that time, they only lost eight people as record state. Oh, wow. And since, since then, the population oh, it's has increased 20, 20 times its original size from, mm-hmm. the, from the 20s. Right. And so, you know, you can, you can see, you know, where... The population has grown, mm-hmm. and as the population grows, so so are the injuries and the deaths. That that's gonna that's gonna go up too exponentially. But yeah. uh, you know, I'm glad to see that they were they're being proactive. So we'll just have to hope and pray. Yeah, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. So we'll see what happens then. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, uh, thanks for the call, bud. We've got lots Always of listeners it. with uh, family in Florida. Yeah. Teresa has. Uh, quite a few friends and family mm-hmm. uh, in in some of those areas. So we'll be keeping a good thought, keeping an eye on on that storm yeah. as it does come into the uh, the Florida area. Well, you we mentioned the store earlier. The story earlier in the show, uh, a Dallas doctor has been dubbed a medical terrorist after being caught tampering with IV bags. His name is Dr. Ronaldo Rivera Ortiz Jr., hmm. and he could face the death penalty if convicted of putting heart-stopping drugs in patients' IV bags. Yeah, that's nuts. He uh, allegedly injected poison, causing the death of a fellow physician and cardiac emergencies in 11 other p- patients that they can prove hmm. at a Dallas facility. Mm-hmm. In retaliation for a medical misconduct probe, federal court papers are alleging. Mm-hmm. He is an anesthesiologist. He's 59. He was arrested on the 15th of this month, one week after a Texas medical board yanked his license after a string of healthy patients suffered mysterious and life-threatening complications during routine surgeries from May to August. Mm. None of the patients were under his care. Respondents' continued practice of medicine posed a continuing threat to public welfare, the board wrote. Alarming footage from August 4th shows 
Ortez emerging from a room at 12.35 p.m. at Baylor Scott and White Surgicare holding an IV bag as he walks down an empty hall towards a fridge used for warming saline solution. He passes the fridge, makes a U-turn, deposits an IV bag inside. After closing the door, he scans the hall before exiting the frame. You can see this online. Mm -hmm. A nurse retrieved the poison bag at 12.11, which was administrated to a 56-year-old woman undergoing cosmetic surgery. According to federal criminal complaint out of the U.S. Attorney's Office, she suffered serious cardiac complications and was rushed to a nearby hospital. Another clip from August 19th shows him at 10.24 in the morning with a pouch hidden under a paper folder. He swaps it with an IV in the warming fridge. That was given to a 54-year-old woman undergoing abdominal surgery Mm -hmm. who also suffered a cardiac emergency. The clips were played in court last week. Federal prosecutors called him a medical terrorist who used heart-stopping drugs to turn IV bags into poison bombs. U.S. Magistrate wrote in an order holding Oritz without bond that if the doctor was released, he could engage in violent retaliatory behavior against those involved in the investigation. He owns two Corvettes, three Mercedes, and a home worth $1.3 million, but was appointed a a, a, a free lawyer. Hmm. Prosecutors said he owes the IRS millions. Wow. Jeez. Hospital personnel said it was highly unusual for a doctor to ever put an IV bag in the warmer or to retrieve his own for surgery. Goodness gracious. So uh, that that alone looked very odd. Right. He allegedly was distraught over a probe that they had started on him. Um, They launched an investigation after one of his patients stopped breathing Mm -hmm. during a routine procedure in May of 22, so not that long ago. And uh, they said that he said the administrators were trying to crucify him. Mm -hmm. So I guess if other people were dying and he wasn't the uh, person, then maybe it would throw them off his scent. Is that what was that the? That's I don't know. Good point. The most serious outcome occurred after anesthesiologist Melanie Casper took a contaminated IV bag home to rehydrate due to an illness and suffered a fatal heart attack. She was poisoned by a nerve-blocking numbing agent Mm -hmm. used for surgery and not administered intravenously. (laughs) I tell you, with the fentanyl and it just, I'm... I got eyes in the back of my head no matter what I do or get involved with now. This this guy is just... It's got, shockingly wicked, isn't it? It is shockingly wicked. It would be a great podcast, podcast for our guests coming up in our next hour. Yeah. Brianna Miller. I've known her for years. Did not know until recently that she's two and a half seasons into doing crime podcasts. She's going to be my new best friend. I know. No doubt we're going to talk to her coming out of the break. It is 7.59. Bill Trefiro will be here from our Roanoke desk bringing you the latest in local. CBS News Brief will give us a update on Hurricane Ian. That's coming up here in about 20 seconds. Also in the next hour, we will do our giveaway for Come to the Table Tuesday. You still have a chance to enter in your name 
text 434-248-0704 or email us your name and email to our email, yourmorningjam at gmail.com.